Off the ball. GAA. Typically, I think people who aren't paying attention, right, see the Croaks results or see them winning or see them continue and go, oh, the Man City of club football. It's just not true. Like, they scrape through often a lot of these games. I understand that you're <laughs> you're trying to yarra away I'm not. the biggest club in Ireland, they, not they, being favourites who are like... They to blitz teams. That's okay. what I'm saying. There oh, tends to be... Oh, like, Ashling oh. made the point, right? There was four points in it, really, yeah. at the end of that game yesterday. The goal oh. was kind of a thing that happened, but four points in it. It's not... Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball in association with Cadbury, official snack partner of the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Katie McCabe, a huge, huge goal. Very proud of the team's performance. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello and welcome to the latest and one of the most special episodes of the Koi Gig Podcast because this week marks our 100th podcast and how we have changed how we have developed in that time i mean it started off as me and karen barely knowing each other about two years ago we added emma byrne we got emma carroll in coming to do our team of the week every single week we've gone to marbella we've gone to australia we've been to tala we've been to belfast we've been to everywhere in between in those two years and it's all thanks to everyone who has listened to the podcast in that time and um, you've made it all very very special and whenever I posted on the Koigig account that we were having our 100th episode there was lots of lovely messages of congratulations and we were even called legends which I think Karen is an even bigger deal than you getting voted personality of the year at the Soccer Writers Awards I think we will all agree because it means that Emma and I get a little bit of praise for once rather than just you all the time winning all these awards really yeah, Emma never gets called a legend, to be fair enough. That is true. Okay, well, I'll just take it from you. I can't yeah. called a legend, guys, okay? No, um, you deserve the praise for putting up with us more than anything. Ah, uh, you're yeah, I love the way you made that plural, like going to Marbella, going to Australia. <laughs> yeah. That, that was what stood out for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, you you went to Qatar in that time, and uh, should there and you got to go over to Hungary and stuff in the meantime since, and you were in Belfast, so you know at least half of the ones I mentioned you were also there for, so it wasn't all bad. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone who does support the podcast. We wouldn't have made it this long unless you guys kept listening and interacting and basically telling us what you thought of us. So we do appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can make it to another 100 episodes. And in that time, we get to a couple of other major tournaments, maybe even some live shows along the way. A lot of exciting stuff being planned for the new year. So do keep listening as we would like to keep the podcast going. But for now, as always, since I forgot to introduce them, I am joined by Karen Duggan, captain of league winning side PMAT, and of course, Arsenal legend, Ireland legend, since I've already said that I'm <laughs> the only one that gets called a legend. Emma Byrne, ladies, how are we doing this week? Great. We're alive. Yeah. Yeah. Recovering, well, recovering yeah. from a little bug, but happy, happy to be able to sit up straight and sit <laughs> You. you take it for granted, don't you, when you're just not sick? You really do. I know, I know. And I've passed it on to everybody that's been in any way close to me in the last two days. So loving life. Everybody is loving having me at home. <laughs> and yeah, I'm feeling very wanted at the moment. <laughs> well, we'll be nice to you, Emma, because we're well, there's a screen whoa, 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 whoa. from us. So. I, didn't, I didn't sign up to that. No, no. <laughs> 
um well i'm glad you're feeling better it does seem like everyone is getting a bug at the moment i know half of the office is out i'm wearing a massive coat at the moment because i feel like i have the shivers coming on so um you have my sympathies for the moment um i've just come outside from the international break obviously you were away at the time i was in Tala and Belfast for the two games. Very much enjoyed them. We were joined by Stephanie Roach last week to look back on the Northern Ireland game because someone in our midst was on holidays once again. Won't say who. Um, but how I you don't feel to go to all your real soccer trips, so I just have to go off by myself. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're work. Like, and I don't <laughs> have any fun. <laughs> Emma, how are you feeling this week? Besides the illness, out the other side of a clean sweep international window. Yeah, great. Um, I mean, couldn't really have asked for anything more. Could we six wins? Um, you know, we hear a lot about the the level, and of course, we want to be in Group A. But at the end of the day, you still have to go out there and perform, along with learning lots and lots of things, um, every game as well, and try trying to um play a little bit different probably than what they're used to. So I think they've done really, really well. And, you know, they're still annoyed about the goals conceded, which is great. I love that, <laughs> that there's that yeah. negativity as well. Um, but in general, really good, really positive, you know, it's well, you know, you just look at that group of players and look at the players that are coming along as well. Um, it's it's very, very exciting times, I think, for, for the national team. Definitely. Even we were talking last week about just like the variety of different goals that were scored in that game against Northern Ireland. It was really nice to see. Um, it was lots of different players as well which is something that I think is really important for the national side so that we're not just like depending on one or two specific people. And yeah, it was a nice celebratory way to round off the year, it felt anyways, from the stands. There was very good atmosphere in Windsor Park. thought the fans like really got involved. Nice little traveling crowd. Apart from the fact it was absolutely freezing and my hands were like purple by the end of the match. <laughs> yeah, and you, I didn't even find it that cold. And usually I'm cold. Like I am one of those people that has the heat in up to 100 degrees every day. Um, I didn't even find it that bad. I must have been just in the moment. And it was just such a iconic moment to play at Windsor Park, hear the mm. national anthem and just a you know, it's really important. And then just to wait, a great game to finish, I thought, like to have before the game, I was thinking this is a great game to finish on. Like, and even though we might not have performed and, you know, you never really know what you're going to get from Northern Ireland as well, because they have mm. got some good players in there that are playing in top flight. So you can't really underestimate them either. So you're never going into those games thinking it's going to be easy. But it was already a moment to remember the fact that we'd, you know, got that far um, had won our previous games. We had already qualified for, you know, being promoted. Um, and then also to know that the national anthem was going to be played there was really special, I think, for mm-hmm. everybody. So it just was a, a cherry on top, the way they played and, and the way they finished the tournament. Yeah. And because to be fair, the last time I played in Northern Ireland, they kept the two lots of fans apart, even though there was about 50 of them. There was no national anthems played. Like it's it's come a long way. But I thought the campaign as a whole, I know you're talking about the level of opposition. I think it was good for us, to be honest, because you talked about the amount of learning they have to do. But there's also a huge amount of unlearning of like years and years and years of being 
met into the group that we just sit back and we're difficult to beat and that's it that's like what we do we've been at that for such a long time now and that's really hard to get out of um, and I give the girls a lot of praise for that I also think after the hangover of the World Cup and how much like the girls had to shoulder throughout that whole thing it was just such a reprieve to have you know the new coaching staff in get the girls confidence up and now everyone's going into the big matches and absolutely buzzing as opposed to previous where there might have been that kind of fear factor so I think I don't I wouldn't be worried about the fact that we were in League B because I do think it's been good for the group of girls as a whole yeah Absolutely. I mean, it's not as if you're not going to see us putting a, a low block. Oh, in. yeah, of course. Emphasize that. You, <laughs> but to enjoy their football, I mean. Yeah, and that's what it was, yeah. was all about that, along yeah. with, you know, trying to to shape a new new team and a new way going forward. And, and you know, we don't really know what's going to happen going forward, but at least they've enjoyed that time and they've learned that they can play good football and they've got good enough players in that team to keep possession and to allow players to get forward. So, yeah, it is. It's it's a work in progress, but um, it's a very exciting work in progress because I can say that we have got the players to play whatever way we want, to be quite honest. And and that's... Did you think that's that was with them? Say again? Did you know that we had that or did you only kind of feel that from working with them? Did you always feel like we've had the players to do that or is it just more so the new players that are coming through? Well, not really because it was only looking from the outside and just looking how we, you know, the players used Mm -hmm. to play. And I can tell by working with this group of players that they are a lot better than what I had given them credit for. And working with them, I can see how good they are and how much they've progressed and that is through club, club football playing on a higher level. And they're just so much fitter, so much stronger, quicker, um, so much better on the ball. But again, they need that confidence to get on the ball and to believe that they are that good on, on the ball and create be able to create chances. And, and sometimes it will be a moment like against Hungary where we didn't perform. It wasn't a good day at the office. We didn't get that. And that was all from confidence and just getting into the momentum again. Um, and that's one thing that we can say. It's not about the ability of the players. It's having a bad day or something not working or some information coming from the bench. Like it's not a case of we don't have the players to do it. We do have the players to do it. And that's a great thing. And it gives everybody confidence, including the coach, coach and staff, to be able to to change things up as well. So, again, that was a good game to finish on to show that we can do it. Yeah, definitely. And Emma, it would be remiss of me not to ask, but the reports are that the management team is going to be finalised this week. Can you tell us anything at all? Or have we seen the last of Emma Byrne? And Emma we will be doing a low block, just to rewind it back there. As in, we? As in Ireland. Oh, me, we. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't heard that. That's the truth. I haven't heard that. So. That's fair enough. As I said, just had to ask the question. Um, yeah, I will. I love when you say we there, and it does sound like you and Karen are going to like come out again, and Karen is going to be instructed to get that low block going. Well, hopefully, it's the start of an exciting year for 
this team more bigger and better things that are coming. I mean, you even have to just look at the weekend in terms of how the Irish cohort of players did. I think there was eight goal scorers in total. Caitlin Hayes getting two. Nee Farley got a goal. Amber Barrett got three. Saoirse Nolan got a goal and assist. Tyler Tolan got a goal. Ellen Ryan Doyle, Kira Grant and Abby Larkin got two as well. So not a bad weekend all night. You said that Rusha getting the assist for Nee Farley's goal. So there was a lot of good things happening in Irish football over the weekend. And long may it continue because, uh, as you were saying, Emma, as these players keep doing better and better at a club level, hopefully that all feeds down into the international side. We also had the likes of Jessu as well, getting uh, her first start since she came back from injury. Izzy Atkinson came on for her as well in that game um, against Everton. And when I dubbed the Irish Derby of the weekend, just because of the sheer amount of Irish players that were playing for either side. So it's exciting times, but I have to say I'm excited for Christmas. A little bit of a reset. Then we go again for the new year. I make it sound like I was actually on the team for all of this. But uh, <laughs> I was chatting to Eileen after the game on Tuesday last week in Belfast. And uh, I asked her what her plans were for the next couple of weeks. And she said she just wanted to sleep for a month. And I was like, I can understand that. <laughs> um, she won't though. <laughs> no. Well, that's, that's when she said it to me. I was like, this is totally not the sort of personality that I think you are whatsoever. <laughs> no, no. She's... She's so into it. Like she's, she's on it. She's on it. So yeah. Always thinking, always developing. Well, as I said, guys, it's been a pleasure doing a hundred episodes with you both. Well, I know I haven't had you for the full hundred episodes, Emma, but Karen, we've done a large majority of them together and we have seen quite a lot of fun things happening from World Cups to P-Mount winning the league, which both of us, we weren't sure about the two of them for a while. So that took a while to come around. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if you listened to the episode last week, probably not because you were away, but uh, yeah, I didn't let Stephanie away with any Shamrock Rovers chat. We were still full full P-mount. Love to hear it. (laughs) Um, P-mount with who had three players on the international squad (laughs) recently, (laughs) just to put that out there. Just a hammer at home. It's not like we get you to talk about it them every time it's an international break. Um, well, we will have our team of the week coming up shortly. And then we will also be diving into all the WSL action. The Koi Gig Pod on Off the Ball is sponsored by Cabri, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Okay, so we don't have any Emma Carroll this week for our Team of the Week, sadly, but she has sent one through, so none of us can take the blame for this team or the praise. It it all lies with her, but I will read it out and uh, we will see what everyone thinks of it. So we have a very Irish backline, I have to say, but we approve of that. We start with Courtney Brosnan and Ingle, and then we have Katie McCabe, Maya Letizia, Megan Connolly, and Leila Wabi. Then we have... Leah Valti, Chloe Kelly, Lauren Hemp, and then we have Elizabeth Turland, Melvin Mallard, and Alessia Russo up front. It was a a good weekend if you wanted to score a goal or two in the WSL. Uh, Emma Byrne, what did you think of this lineup? Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, how good does Courtney Brosnan look at the moment? Oh my gosh. She's just like on a completely different level. Just looking at her confidence, she's extremely fit. Like she just looks class. She looks like a top, top class goalkeeper, which I'm very, very happy with. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take any Irish players out of there, obviously. <laughs> I don't want to switch any of them around. I'm not going to say anything about that. Um, I do think Illistead was good for Arsenal and, of course, scoring the goal. I think maybe she might have had a bit of a chance in there. Um, apart from that, uh, yeah. Happy days. Valti was excellent for Arsenal. Mm. She would definitely be in there. It was hard to pick between her and Palola, though, as well. I thought she was really bright in the first half. Yeah, really, really bright. And just her awareness of space. I was really impressed with that. Like she was yes, turning players yes, left, right, centre. She's done really well, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. I thought maybe Hayley Ladd would have been in there with a, with a chance. Yeah, she was solid. Really, really solid. You know, not one, again, that you, you pick out, but I thought Zellum didn't have her best game. She's usually the one that, you know, gets more attention because of um, her set pieces and stuff. But I thought Hayley Ladd was yeah, over before there for United. I have to give her credit because I I was not... In, I wasn't praising her that much last season when she was starting, when she was, you know, mm. continuously playing. And I always said that I think United need to have a look at their two midfielders to play Champions League. But I actually thought she was quality and I thought she got around. She was putting tackles in. She was making really good runs. Um, and I actually think she does make Zellum a better player. So as much as it's hard, isn't it? If, for a manager, do you take Zellum out and leave Hayley Ladd in and put a, another player in yes, there? Yes, I think you do. Every single uh, manager has Zellum in. Every, both managers have, have her as captain. Like There's a reason she's there, but I do think Hayley Ladd was excellent and I think she thoroughly deserved the goal in the end. Um, Lauren Hemp, Chloe Kelly, yeah, they were brilliant. Mm-hmm. They got loads of space in those wide areas. It looked like an easy enough game for them, so fair enough. Elizabeth Turland for the two goals. Okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I understand, but apart from those two goals, and it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Apart from the two goals, she I thought she had a really average game and I really like her as a player. Um who would you have had in there instead? So Yeah, interesting. Um <laughs> I mean Russo's in there already. I thought she was really, really good. Um, I thought Canarid was, was well. I know she's more of a midfielder, but I thought she played quite well for a team that played really poorly. Um, I thought McGill did quite well. I thought she did all right. She worked really hard for Aston Villa. But um, I get it. I understand. It's a decent team. I'm not going to deny that. We have been known for uh, playing people slightly out of position purely so that they fit into the team and we get the <laughs> chance to <laughs> represent them. So I wouldn't worry too much about who technically players are or <laughs> that sort of thing. Karen, what about you? How did you feel about this squad? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. I mean, Maya Letizia is there because I think she made the block and if Spurs went ahead in that match, I think United could have really struggled because the first half was... Brutal. Um, is is so, that the Bethany England block? Mm, well, Bethany England should score. In there for the- <laughs> yeah, because I don't think Man United came under any amount of pressure. So if you were going to take someone out, I'd maybe look at taking one of the centre-backs out and maybe putting in Turner for Villa. Obviously, they lost, but I think that they showed a lot of 
improvement you know yeah, this is where emma disappears when we actually do want to challenge her she's not yeah here. <laughs> every week is fine i think yeah i think i agree i mean we would have gone for three at the back i think we went heavy on the the irish contingency at the back there to fit people in but um yeah maybe fit in turner and lad uh they'd be the only people that i would really change at all yeah Maybe. I thought, I actually thought Ella Toon had a nice game. She might go in there instead of Terraland. I thought she played quite well and she's been under pressure as well. So looking at everything, um, I would have, I would have thought twice about Terraland. That's for sure. Mm. It was interesting you point out too, because she's had like quite a frustrating season so far. Yeah. As in terms of not scoring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you actually look at the games, She's actually getting into really good positions. She's central to pretty much everything United are doing because I don't think Galton is as influential as she was last year. So a lot of it is falling on the shoulders of Tune. And I do think she really is doing her best. And I don't think my United are as uh, cohesive as they were. So um, for her to be, she's, I do think she's stepping up as much as she can at the moment. Yeah, and, and she she is getting into good positions and she is making good runs. She's not getting the ball. So, I mean, she is, they're saying she's having a difficult time, but the other players aren't finding her either. And then well, that's the thing. Is, is she missing like the players that have moved on or the players that aren't as influential? And would it benefit United to go looking in January or even in the summer to someone who can form that partnership with her? I wonder about Mayazawa and if they just had a one one holding player, they'd one very good holding player, could she fit in and potentially complement Tune a little bit? Yeah, I mean she hasn't been selected that much. No, and you know, it's a shame that she's injured, but the problem mm. is they don't have that holder. Yeah. And it seems to me like they want to play Katie Zellum. So there's a lot of things going on there, but actually you're right. I think Ella Toon, play, well, she played better with Russo because Russo dropped in as two number 10s. So yeah. that's, they played really well. Um, they don't have, I don't think they have an out and out number nine yet either. Um, so it's hard. There's still, there, there, there's a lot of things that they need to improve on. But I do think that the, the game that Miyazawa and Toon played together as, as high number 10s against, I think it was against Brighton actually. They were in really good positions and they could have really destroyed uh, Brighton by passing it through the lines and they just didn't do it. So there's loads of stuff going on there um, and, and they seem to be kicking it long a lot. So that's changing the way they play a little bit. Yeah, well, it's a very good team of the week to nearly finish off our season with despite Emma Carroll not being here and the strong Irish influence uh, which we always do like to see so thank you to Emma Carroll for doing that for us as always um, obviously still a very very busy period in the um, WSL with like different cup action during the week and also WSL at the weekend as well so plenty still going on and plenty for us to still analyse but first we are going to look back next on last weekend's general action 
So plenty to talk about from last weekend's general action. Um, I suppose the best place to start is probably Arsenal versus Chelsea in that it was one of the games of the weekend in terms of how many fans turned out, the result itself and everything that the managers and the players have come out with and said since. Um, Obviously, we didn't have you over the last couple of weeks because the international break, but going into the game, what were your expectations? Like, Could you have seen a scoreline like this happening? Yeah. (laughs) For Arsenal specifically or either way? (laughs) Oh, for Arsenal. I mean, it only takes Arsenal to play well. To, to beat everybody like this. I think they'd struggle to beat City like this. I think City might be the only team that they would struggle to to absolutely whitewash. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting on something like this because Chelsea Chelsea are um they're very unpredictable. And if they're not playing very, very well or get an early goal against Arsenal they're, they're going to be in trouble. And if Arsenal are playing, if Arsenal play well, and I don't actually think it's their best performance, and I think they can play even better, but if they do play well and everybody is on it, I do think they can beat Chelsea and I think they can beat them significantly. So it doesn't surprise me. This absolutely doesn't surprise me, not one bit. Um, and of course, when they're playing in the Emirates with, a, with the crowd like that behind them, it does actually give them an extra boost and it does actually help a little bit. Just confidence going out to the pitch. And, you know, I just thought Arsenal were very, very good and Chelsea were not. Oh, they look so average. They weren't lucky and they weren't very good. So. Yeah, but they made, they looked, you know, they, they let themselves get exposed at the back pace wise and they changed their keeper again and she had a very poor game and that kind of filters and makes you nervous. Like you said, you mentioned the crowd, you're away from home. Um, And yeah, they were just completely, completely couldn't deal with the press. They were over everywhere. You bring in Mm -hmm. mistakes as well. And I think Emma Hayes might hold her hand up to maybe team selection because you bring in Mielda, who hasn't been... I know they're missing one of their, their starters, um, but Mielda hasn't played in the top game. She's, I don't think she's up to that level, whether it's through game time or whether it's just the level she's at, but I don't think she's there at the moment. Um, and also, like you have got Fran Kirby, you've got Buchanan, you've got Ashley Lawrence, who I do think made a difference when they came on. Yeah. So why not start them? That I, I don't really understand why they weren't starting. And I'm sure, you know, I'm not going to doubt Emma Hayes' manager. <laughs> she's very, very good. We all know that. So there must be a reason. Um, but in general, I just wonder if, if, you know, if she does regret not starting those players, because I feel like if they they did start, there might be in a different outcome. But having said that, if you make mistakes and if your keeper's making mistakes, then they're very difficult games to come back. Very, very difficult games. So do you think if Buchanan, Kirby, Lawrence started, it would have made a difference? Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I think their energy levels, I think um, the pace that they brought is, is better than what was on pitch and needed for the way Arsenal pressed, they needed to match that energy and it just felt like the players on the pitch couldn't. And obviously, Lauren James was kind of anonymous, got frustrated. We saw that. She it's like she showed her petulance again with the yellow card that she got. Could have been worse. 
Um, and yeah, when she's not firing and you don't have those other players on the pitch, Sam Kerr can't get any change from anyone. So yeah, it was a really hard day from them. Tough and day, I think it? it's, uh, I don't know, I think it'll give other teams a lot of confidence. I think Chelsea's aura maybe suffered a little bit with that oh, as well, which is great. I love to be in that dressing room today. Mm-hmm. I would love to know what Emma Hayes has said to him. And I would love to know if she's given them the hairdryer treatment because it is, it's not a case of, okay, we, we made a mistake here. We can do better. We, it's a case of you didn't perform. You didn't track back. You decided to be stupid and silly that nearly got sent off. Mm you decided to come for that ball and you shouldn't. These are all decision-making. These are all things that are actually players. In the players, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was a few harsh words said. And, you know, it is, it's not, you know, yesterday's game was, was no, not yesterday. What day is it? Sunday's game was not, uh, or was it Saturday? I'm sorry, I'm completely mixed. I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> it was Sunday. It was Sunday. So the game against, the game with Arsenal-Chelsea, um, it wasn't even about league and winning the league because they've just, they're on the same points. It's about how they kick on. And I would worry, wait, if you have Arsenal-Chelsea now, put money on them, who are you going to put them on? Arsenal all day. Like Chelsea look don't look very convincing. They look like they're in a difficult position. Emma's leaving at the end of the season. I wonder if that's creeping in a little bit. Like what are the players playing for, you know, to win the league, to 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 finish on a high for Emma? I don't know, but they look like a team that was defeated before they even started yesterday. Yeah, well, I think you say about the harsh words that possibly happened. I mean, even the stuff that was said after the fact by Emma Hayes and that was like to the public, never mind what she's saying in private to her players, you know, she said it was them at their very worst. The fact that the best thing about the day was that she only had to drive 20 minutes home rather than her normal long commute that she talks about a bit. So the fact that she's saying all that sort of stuff in public kind of shows that I imagine there were some harsh enough words behind the scenes um, for Chelsea. Although we have seen Chelsea have those games before and because of the caliber of player in there and because of the likes of Emma Hayes and what she's able to achieve, she has been able to use it as fuel for them, but also they have quite an intense rest of their year. Like I think if they kind of go all the way in the cups and champions league, they basically have a game like every three days it averages out as, which is like very, very intense for any group of players, even if you do have the squad depth of somewhere like Chelsea. Yeah, but like as I said, it was what you say to them, you have to win your 1v1 battles. Don't dive in, don't lose your cool. Like these are all things that you shouldn't really have to say to to a top level athlete. Like they, these are things that they should know, but it seems like they need to be reminded of that. You know, like simple things, maybe the occasion, they're worried about this, they're worried about that. But at the end of the day, the basics, think about the basics, you know, keep the ball don't get pulled out of this position. Don't foul in those areas. Don't dive in. And and actually Arsenal were the team to start doing it in the second half. Mm-hmm. When the players, when these three players you mentioned came on for Chelsea, it was Arsenal that were looking like, come on, giving away silly fouls, diving in, getting dragged out of position. So it was one of those, but the difference is Chelsea couldn't go on and punish them. 
But at one stage, even like with the three goal difference, I thought this could be turned around. It actually could. Especially it's a great game. It's a great game for the neutrals. Yeah. It's a great game as an Arsenal perspective as well, especially after what happened with the men on Saturday night. <laughs> um, well, one of the very important questions that we got in from one of our listeners uh, for this game comes from Jack Dolan, who I actually do know, uh, went to college with him. And he was curious as to whether we saw the girls in glittery Chelsea cowboy hats shouting abuse at Katie and her having a great old time smiling at them and then them cheering her on. <laughs> I mean, she loves it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I did just love the sparkly hats. I was like, I would wear one of these if I had an Arsenal version and was going to a game for a bit of crack. Um, Okay, so to look at some of the other games that happened this weekend, because there was quite a lot. Karen, I assume you were very happy with Manchester United's performance overall (laughs) at the end of the game, or were you a little unsettled by that first half? You know what the problem was was that this match was on after the Arsenal Chelsea match and the difference in quality between the two was it was hard it was actually hard to watch because the first game was so high paced so exciting atmosphere was brilliant um, obviously four goals nothing to be sniffed at um, good to see Mallard scoring as well um, because what did you, you know, think about her being used in a kind of more direct role. Yeah, I, like I think we've been saying that JC isn't a proper number nine either. So maybe there's a way to get them both on the pitch where she plays more through the middle and JC comes wide. But I don't know. Um, but she she made her mark, so uh, still still not convinced with some of the intricate play. Like it's not exciting to to watch. But um, they they stuck at it. I mean, Tottenham were better than they were against City, but still not fantastic. So, um, but it keeps them in touch, you know, and that's important because at times watching them, it has felt like it's going to drift away. The the top of the table is going to drift away from them easy enough this season, but they're keeping in touch. And I think that's the main thing, I guess, at this point. Yeah, well, they're in fourth point behind mm-hmm. City on 19 points and then Arsenal, Chelsea, both on 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought they actually did quite well because Spurs were really trying to block them playing through the centre, weren't they? They were they yeah. were they were starting in a three block up front, which made it very difficult for United to find those spaces. But they did it; they managed to do it, and and I thought they did quite well. And I actually quite liked Mallard up front because she was just dropping off, and that's where Toon likes to go in. I thought they worked quite nicely together. Um, I'm just JC is just one of these players. I, I thought it was a great signing for United, but you have to manage her. You have to keep mm. giving confidence. And I'm wondering, would she start on the right instead of? I thought Nikita Paris uh, fell. Like, don't get me wrong, but you know, I just keep going back to that England game when they played Brazil in the finalissima, and she was playing on the right, and she was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. She might not want to play there. I'm just wondering, does she want to play there? And is she, is she saying, I don't want to play there. I want to play number nine. I don't know. But she surely wants to play. <laughs> can you convince her that she's so good out there? Because I actually think she's way better on, on wide. And I think Mallard's better in, in the nine. So I think that's your answer. But um, yeah, I thought they did quite well. And as I said, I thought Hayley Ladd did really well in midfield. And I think that's where their problem is because... If you can't play at this level now, if you can't play through your midfield, 
you have to be a very good long ball team. And that's mm. difficult to do as well. Or a counter-attacking team. They're definitely not considered counter-attacking, are they? So They would only be counter-attacking against Chelsea Arsenal, really. Yeah. Other than yeah. that, I mean, you'd expect them to go out and try and impose their game on a team. Yeah, exactly. But and and even at that, you still need a good midfield to hold mm-hmm. the ball and to be able to get the ball forward. So I don't know. I just feel like they're struggling a bit in there. And I think at this level, you can't have any weaknesses in your team. Yeah, it was just so different last year because there was a very clear way that Man United attacked because it went to the right back and then there was into tune and then you had Russo dropping in as well. And I, I do think they're. They're missing. They had lots of movement. They were, yeah, they had a lot more movements. But four now, away from home. <laughs> we'll take that. And also, we'll like, I know you said, Karen, that it at least it keeps them, like, within reaching distance. Of yeah. the top I'm just a bit worried if, like, they lose Mary Earps as well. Like, it's another key player. Like, it's as Man United become, is Man United becoming less attractive than it was maybe last year. Well, well, this is the thing. The signings will be extremely important. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if there aren't any goalkeepers to replace her. There are. And there are those goalkeepers are looking. So if they don't sign an excellent goalkeeper, that is down to the club and not the fact there aren't any out there. Well, we shall see how they go. I mean, Herbs isn't going to go until the summer anyways, I don't think, isn't it? So... It's unlike yeah, you've, you've got to lock yeah. that down now. You have to, or even before that should have been already. Because mm. I think she's a bit checked out a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm keeping my powder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, congratulations to Mary Earps as well. The fact that she managed to sell out all those England jerseys in like, what was it? half an hour or something ridiculous um, and apparently they put all in a lot more on sale than they originally were going to so it just goes to show people will buy these things um, wanted briefly on West Ham Everton just because of the sheer amount of Irish players that were in that and also something that kind of slightly passed me by was the general slide that West Ham have gone under like they're now bottom of the table and yeah. I feel like for so long we were chatting about Villa's form and how they were doing and obviously Bristol coming up and how they were going to do that this is almost slid by a little bit unrecognised they're not good to watch at the moment um, and I always felt they, they were a bit unpredictable but they had like good energy and stuff but they just look so vulnerable I don't know I don't know how they play I don't I don't know where they're going you know they're very very young that's why everyone keeps saying they need to bring in mature players but I mean where where who, where do you start, really? Yeah. I think Leanne Skinner's gone in. I don't think it's anything to do with her. I think she's very, very organised coach. So I think it will be going back to basics with her, trying to organise them, trying to get them right. And you've no time. Again, this league has gone, even from last season, it's gone another level. You're not, it's very unforgiving. And I also think Mackenzie Ireland, Arnold was a very big, big player for them last season, making big saves and keeping, you know, grinding out getting points and sometimes even three points so I think that's a massive thing for them um, and they've brought in really good players again we talk about the midfield I just think I think they're going to have and I know this is 
<laughs> probably the silliest thing to say, but they're going to have a much better second half of the season. Couldn't get much worse at the bottom of the table. But mm. I think with Jesu coming back into fitness, with Rianne Skinner having a little bit more time with the players, I think we're going to see a different West Ham after Christmas. Um, and but I hope so that because they're they're a good team. I think it'd be a shame. We spoke about a shame if they go down. But then who do you want to go down? But I actually do think West Ham have got such good players, and I just think they just need a little bit more time. They're not going to go down because they're going to have a much better second season, second part of the season. Could you see them kind of doing what Leicester did last year and obviously having that massive relegation threat? Like all it took was one or two really, really smart signings to come in. And it's not that they necessarily looked like a wholly different team, but they had just stabilised enough mm, and um, everything um, around them. Wasn't. Emma mentioned the goalkeeper, though. It was the goalkeeper that saved Leicester. Yeah. <laughs> All the goalkeepers. We said it. We said it was going to be about the goalkeepers this year. And um, I actually don't think they do need to sign. I don't think it will be about signings for them. I think it is just about the team gel. And I mean, they did have chances. They did look. We're talking about goalkeepers. If it weren't for Courtney Brosnan, mm-hmm. they probably would have won that game. So it is about a little bit of luck. It is about. Um, finding the back of the net, basically. Uh, and that's just about clicking. And in one game, that can happen. And then the confidence will come and it'll just be like a snowball effect. So just waiting for that game to come for them and probably not as much as Rianne Skinner's waiting for that game. To come, <laughs> but it is about keep working away and, and being, you know, positive and, and again, just, just getting bodies in the box, basically. Yeah, well, we hope from an Irish perspective that they are not the team to go down as that would mean a few, well, depends if they could be signed and brought up, stayed up, but there's obviously three different Irish players on that team that we would like to see continuing in the league. Um, Man City 2, Aston Villa 1. I mean, it took like an hour for Man City to finally break down Villa and much like what happened to the Ireland team against Northern Ireland once they got that one goal, they got a second one very, very quickly. Um have to pay respect as well the Turner goal I thought was very nice the volley after seven minutes but improved performance from Villa you'd have to say even if it is their seventh defeat of the season so far crazy it's crazy that they have seven defeats for Villa it's my favourite team last season Mm. we expect so many of us are like this is going to be their year yeah Oh, I think they did too. I think they got a little bit carried away and the basics went out the window. And I think it was the same with this game. I mean, two, I think two poor goals to concede, to be honest. And back post, you know, I'll be looking at Pacheco as well in that back post area. Like you need, I keep talking about the level, but again, you will get punished if you make silly mistakes. And it is about these mistakes that you have to eradicate. And Villa, unfortunately, have been making them because, I mean, that's what, you know, Ward has to look at. How do you stop these mistakes? And they've got everything. They've got good players. They've got a really good manager. I mean, talk about goalkeepers, an excellent goalkeeper. But it's just basically poor defending, really poor defending. And and that needs to be cut right out if they're going to, well, at least challenge the top of the table. Yeah, they haven't changed much as a team like over the last season, so they can defend. 
Yeah, I just think there was a, a few changes at the start of the season that kind of unsettled them a little bit. Just little things, even just putting Turner out left back and she was mm. so good in the centre last season and they've gone back to that but kind of knocked them a bit, shook them a bit and again, a team that's still trying to find their way a little bit and get that confidence and kick on from there. So again, I would say, you know, January is going to be hopefully for them uh, slightly different and they are going to get a little bit better because there's no way Villa should be, we should be talking about them losing seven games and they're definitely not going to be struggling second part of the season in, in a relegation battle. I mean, that would absolutely shock me. Yeah, and just to wrap up the final game as well, another one that had very strong Irish representation. We've already seen Megan Connolly in our team of the week, but that was Bristol. Uh, they got a draw against Liverpool. Um, Bristol were away. Obviously, Connolly and Mustaki both started, and then we saw Leanne Kiernan come on as well for Liverpool, which is great sight to see always. And then our final game of the week was Brighton to Leicester 2. So... I mean, another disappointing showing from Leicester. I think they've let a lead go four times in their last five games. So that's obviously something that they are going to uh, need to look at. But it does kind of feel like rather than one team particularly standing out this year as a possible relegation candidate, it's more a, a race to the bottom and who can manage to get themselves together a little bit quicker. I mean, you look at the last five games, West Ham obviously stick out having lost five Bristol have won one of their last five and then Aston Villa have won two. So they kind of are all in and around the same place, but things can change very, very quickly in the WSL. Um, So we always have to keep an eye out for that. But for today, guys, thank you very much for joining me. Emma, in particular, of course, uh, getting yourself out of your sick bed. I do appreciate it. And Karen, it's lovely to see you as always, I promise. (laughs) Um, And thank you to everyone, as I said at the start of the show, for listening along for the 100th episodes. Uh, It has been an absolute pleasure to do all 100 of them for you. And we do hope you have enjoyed. And if there's anything you want to see more of, things you want to question, players you think we should talk to, events you think we should do it doesn't really matter what it is you can always get it into us at the koi gig pod on twitter and um, we are always looking out for suggestions there and also we share all the content that we do get from the podcast there too as well so make sure to follow along but for this week thank you all very very much for listening and we will see you all again very very soon the koi gig pod on off the ball in association with cadbury official snack partner of the republic of ireland women's national team 